Hello, Charlie Gladstone here, and welcome to my Christmas Mavericks podcast special. This is a review of a lot of my favourite guests of the year's favourite things of the year. I always love reading those best books or best records or best films things, lists, I suppose. Typical man, I love lists that come out at this time of year. When I was a teenager, I used to devour in particular the um, NME, best records of the year list and, and see if I agreed with them or didn't agree with them. So this year I thought it would be fun to ask a few of my favourite guests from this year's podcast what the best things that they discovered in 2017 were. I kept this as a fairly open brief. I said places, ideas, books, records, films, TV, radio, podcasts and kind of let them talk about what they liked most. Anyway, to get you in the mood, I'm recording this in Scotland in front of an absolutely roaring log fire. I'll give that a bit of a... Can you hear that? Sounds a bit damp, actually. Anyway, um, it, is, it is actually a good raging fire. I've got a glass of mulled wine, so cheers. Actually, it's not mulled wine. I think mulled wine is pretty disgusting and seems like a bit of a cheapskate drink to me. Um, it always gives me a terrible hangover and that really nasty black sugary film over my teeth. Um, so I've decided to stick to red wine, which is one of my absolute favourite drinks. So cheers and happy Christmas. The next 30 minutes or so will be me talking about the recommendations that my guests have made and probably throwing in a few of my own recommendations as well. So I hope you enjoy that. I'll list all of the recommendations on my website, which is charliegladstone.com. So if you don't have a chance to jot these down or can't remember them, you can go there. I think in spirit with the time of year, it would be good to perhaps have a bit of Christmas music. And, and I was thinking just now what my favourite Christmas records are. They're not remotely credible, but my three favourite Christmas records are Merry Christmas, Everybody by Slade. That's an absolutely fantastic song. Last Christmas by Wham. Very cheesy, but very, very lovely. And, of course, Fairy Tale of New York by The Pogues. The latter isn't really a Christmas song, I don't think, but it's kind of, by cultural osmosis, become one because it mentions Christmas. So which one to play? Well, I think the one most guaranteed to get you dancing around the kitchen is Merry Xmas, Everybody by Slade. And so here is a burst of that.
Well, I hope you enjoyed that and had a little dance. Um, anyway, so grab a drink, pull your chair up, and have a listen to Keris Matthews to begin with. Recommendations of the best of 2017. Keris's favourite music was Max Richter's Wolfworks, which was released way back at the beginning of the year. She says it's an epic journey with Virginia Woolf's life and work as its compass. It's a standout ballet as well as a standalone album, which leads the pack in nudging music both contemporary and classical into the future. So that's Keris's music recommendation. I've never been a massive knowledge of classical music, although I do enjoy it when I listen to it. Max Richter played at our 2016 Good Life Experience, or his Vivaldi recomposed was performed and, and he was there. He sent me a few albums afterwards and they, they really did um, act as a good catalyst for me at the beginning of this year, 2017. The two that I particularly recommend are uh, his Vivaldi Recomposed and his Sleep album. Although his limited edition compilation for Rough Trade, which I think was called Over the Counter, was very good this year as well. Keris also talks about her favourite book recommendation, which is one that I and indeed I think many people would recommend. And she says of it this, my book recommendation wasn't released this year, but this was the year I finally came to read it, and it's always better late than never. So, it's my recommendation if you haven't read it, and it's the perfect read for when waiting for the cranberry sauce to cook. It's Patti Smith's Just Kids, and rather like a chance meeting with a good witch or wizard, it has lasting effects. It gives you a glimpse into the life of 70s in New York, the artists who hung around or who stayed at the Chelsea Hotel, and it gives you an insight into the tender, romantic mind of this wonderful artist. I, Charlie that is, really agree with that. It, it is a very special book, and although I think almost everyone listening to this podcast is probably a fan in some way of Patti Smith's, you don't actually have to be. It's, it's just a very wonderful tale of creativity and the bohemian life with an amazingly charismatic and incredibly capable writer at its core. So, as to ideas, Keris says, the ideas that I've most enjoyed in 2017 revolve around the concept of eating less meat, which is finally cutting through into the mainstream. So, save the planet with each meal you eat by making it plant-heavy or banishing meat altogether. After years of living with my family of vegetarians, this year I finally took the plunge to join them, and I've stuck to it. My best friend in the kitchen is the humble pulse. So, thoughts for 2018? Introduce green lentils into your regular menus in salads, stews and shepherd's pies. They never let you down. They're cheap, they're so easy to cook, and both the planet and your body will say thank you. It's a win-win situation. And with this, I bid you happy eating and a lucky 2018. So that's Keris. Um, vegetarianism, well, we have a vegan daughter and a vegetarian daughter, and so naturally our diet's been changing a bit. I, I'm a carnivore and I think I will always remain one. But it was notable, or noticeable rather, that at the Good Life Experience this year, the amount of vegetarian and vegan food being served was dramatically up on previous years, and we are clearly on to something there. Right, Harry Enfield. So I asked Harry in a conversation what his recommendations of this year were, and he said that he'd have a think and come back to me, which he did a few days later. The music that he said really struck a chord for him was Courtney Marie Andrews. 
Harry actually recommended that to me earlier in the year. It didn't quite tick the box for me, but I know that Harry and I share very similar music taste and he's very well educated musically. So I'd say give Courtney Marie Andrews a recommendation. In terms of TV, he says that Inside Number Nine is brilliant. And as he wrote to me, anyone who hasn't caught it, do so. It's just fabulous. His favourite box set of the year was the original Twin Peaks. I watched a fair bit of the original one again, having watched it every Tuesday night without fail when it first came out and having absolutely loved it. I tried the second one and I did watch the first five or six, but I wasn't so enamoured by it. Perhaps I just wasn't in a sufficiently relaxed mood. But anyway, regardless of whether you're a fan of the new one, um, or not, I cannot, cannot recommend enough the original one. Harry's favourite book of the year was by Rob Penn, and that's called How Not To Be A Boy. I have to say that I also recommend that highly. It is absolutely the most exquisite, light, gentle, incredibly funny, very sad, brutal book. I never read or very rarely read celebrity autobiographies. In fact, I've read, I should think, about a handful of them um, until now. And I'm not a fan of Mitchell and Webb on TV. That's not to say I don't like it. I just, I just don't watch it. But this story, which is a kind of humorous, self-aware Angela's Ashes, is just extraordinary. Harry said that, um, that endless people are asking him to try and do a this is me kind of book. Um, but now he will definitely never do one because Rob Penn has done it so well. And I couldn't agree more with that. I, I highly recommend it. Do give that a read. He says also, Harry, this is that Baking with Kafka by Tom Gould is highly recommended. You may have seen his cartoons in The Guardian. Um, Harry says, it's hilarious a wonderful insight into the world of writers. It is very funny, very simple um, graphic novel, I suppose, or, or graphic cartoons. Um, actually, that's probably not a thing, but you know what I mean. So, so look that up. Harry's favorite discovery in food is a restaurant called Trullo, T-R-U-L-L-O, in Highbury. Um, it's an Italian restaurant by a couple of friends. Um, and he says all the food is just magnificent and all the staff are amazing. It's tiny tapas type pasta and it's absolutely delicious and the pudding is fantastic. He says it's really not known by people who don't live in or work in Islington, but that he loved it. And then the place that resonated with Harry was the London studios and he said to me, I've been doing a sitcom with David Mitchell there and the whole building's about to be knocked down. It hasn't changed since I did Saturday Night Live there with Fry, Laurie and Ben Elton 31 years ago. And I did Stavros and loads of money there and up until now it's been the last central London TV studios. It's on the South Bank but it's going to be developed into shops and flats and it's very special for me and I'll miss it. Next up is my friend Jeff Barrett. Um, a lot of you will know Jeff Barrett from his work with Heavenly, Record, Heavenly Records um, and of course his amazing blog, 
caught by the river. Jeff, as you may also know, is a really big supporter of the Good Life experience and always brings an extraordinary and incredibly rich and diverse and beautifully curated and crafted line up to his tent at the Good Life Experience. So it's, it's great to have um, recommendations from Jeff, not least of all because Jeff is one of life's great enthusiasts and cultural vultures. Is that the right word? What I mean is he's always going around picking up extraordinary ideas and books and records and films. So Jeff's favourite album of this year is Red Axes by the Beach Goths. Uh, the Beach Goths is a heck of a strange name, but they are a sort of post-punk band, I suspect. And I've listened to their album, and Tantrum Power is probably the best track on that. His favourite album that's been a revision this year, or re-release, is Bob Stanley and Pete Wiggs present English Weather. Um, that's a, a various artists' album. And there's also Doing Our Thing, More Soul from Jam Down, and the Harry South Big Band Songbook. So there are four good albums. Oh, can you hear that fire? That is really giving a, a good crackle at the moment. Gonna stick some more wood on that. Um, his favorite single is by Baxter Jury, uh, Miami. A lot of people have been talking about Baxter Jury, who seems to have finally escaped from the shadow of his amazing father. And this, this really is a good album. Miami is probably the best track on it. But let's just play a bit of Baxter Jury's Miami now. Jeff's favourite work of fiction this year was Scott McClanahan's The Sarah Book. Um, I've looked this up and it's essentially a book about declining marriage that involves living in a Walmart car park and seems like a sort of black comedy. Um, I've ordered it in fact. Funnily enough it reminded me of a book called Discount by Casey Gray that I read earlier this year seemed to escape completely under the radar, although it was recommended to me by the excellent Lutchens and Rubenstein bookshop in Notting Hill. But give both of those a go. And um, Jeff's favorite work of non-fiction is Elizabeth Goodman's Meet Me in the Bathroom. I have actually read quite a lot of this, and it's essentially the history of music in the first decade of this millennium 
or the noughties, as the Americans were called it, in New York City. And if you're into your music, it, it's as good and as lively a book about music as you can probably get, I think. Um, actually, I've read a few music books this year, but that, that is a good one, definitely. Jeff's favourite TV series was the Vietnam War, and his favourite radio was the BBC Three's Late Junction with Verity Lambert and Robert Wyatt. So look that up on your BBC app. And finally, Jeff comes up with his favourite MC, who was John Andrews on the Court by the River stage at the Good Life Experience and the Port Elliot Festival. So I'm sure those are all highly um, uh, well thought through recommendations and therefore give them a go. I, was, I actually, as I said, have um, read and listened to quite a lot of and enjoyed quite a lot of the recommendations that Jeff gave there. So I just wanted to add a few more of my own recommendations this year. Latterly, I've come to an amazing record, which is on three lobed records. I think it's only available on vinyl, but on one side it's got some tracks by His Golden Messenger and the other by Michael Chapman. And although we're now nearly at Christmas and I only bought it a few weeks ago, it is one of my favorite records of the year. It's absolutely fantastic. See if you can get hold of it. I think it's reasonably limited edition or very limited edition, but it's great. Also an album that I feel escaped slightly under the radar, but is very, very good, is Grizzly Bears, Painted Ruins. There are so many good albums this year. I think in a weird way, my favorite single of the year is by Out J. That's the song 3WW, which is proper headphones music and is just an incredibly sexy, complicated, dark folk song, um, which I absolutely love. Talking of books, um, I very much enjoyed, as I said, um, How Not To Be A Boy by Rob Penn, which Harry Enfield recommended. And I've also just finished listening to Set The Boy Free by Johnny Marr, which I think deserves a mention. I would never probably have read that had I, um, had I looked at the size of it and, and probably been put off by it, just thinking I, I knew enough about Johnny Marr. But in the year of the 30th anniversary of The Queen Is Dead, which I always cite as my favorite ever album, it was just the right time and the right place and I was the right age um, to love that record. I think that Johnny Marr's book is, is really very good. He writes beautifully. He's kind of funny. And although he's self-aggrandizing to an extent, he's also very self-effacing. And I don't really see how he can be any more self-effacing given the extraordinary body of work that he's created. So if you're into music, that's highly recommended. I've read a lot of novels this year and one that struck with me is one of the simplest, really, which is Elizabeth Day's The Party, which is, is wonderful. Um, and I know a lot of people loved that book and, and recommended it, and I imagine it did pretty well, but it's a quick read. I mean, it's kind of a day on holiday type read, but I would definitely recommend that. The email which I love and get every weekday is next the next draft email from america i honestly can't recommend that highly enough it's a, a beautifully edited opinionated liberal leaning anti-trump pricey of eight or ten news stories every day 
put together and sent out for free in the early evening. And it's just a wonderful thing to read in bed before you go to bed or, or last thing at night. I, I highly recommend that. There are a few things that have made my life a lot better this year in technological terms, inevitably. I've got a new phone, which uh, has a battery that lasts beyond about 11 in the morning, which is great. But I think uh, the two most amazing things I've got this year, uh, I finally got to grips with WhatsApp, and we now have a family WhatsApp group on which we talk to each other. It seems nearly all day, every day. I can't actually personally keep up, but God, what a great thing that is. And then in terms of music, I bought a little device by Brennan, B-R-E-N-N-A-N, which is an amazing little thing. And what's more, it's made in England and it can hold up to 10,000 CDs. It rips them. It takes about five, six minutes to rip a CD and then it's stored in it. It identifies what that CD is most of the time. It gets fairly confused. For example, it thinks all of my Smith's records are by... ACDC. But the great thing about this is that I bought or was given about seven or eight thousand CDs during the time that CDs were the format. And then a couple of years ago, I moved back to vinyl. So I've got sort of 20 or 25 years of all of my music sitting in shelves. And what I've done is I've put the good ones or the ones I'm interested into the Brennan. I haven't got through all of them yet and I just play them on random in the kitchen all day. And it's a wonderful way of accessing that music, which you could do on Spotify or Apple Music, but you don't really, because the great thing is it throws up surprises and, and things you've forgotten you had or forgotten you liked. So it's about 500 quid. It's not cheap, but it is absolutely um, a wonderful device if you like music. And if you've got a CD collection that is kind of languishing and just, you know, you're not really listening to. Anyway, enough about me. Next up is Rachel Kelly. Um, Rachel was one of my first guests on the Mavericks podcast, as indeed was Jeff Barrett. She is a writer and campaigner on depression. And um, she's also, she used to be a journalist. Uh, you may well remember the podcast. In fact, it's been one of the most listened to of the series. Um, and so here are Rachel's recommendations for this year. She says the book Micro Mastery, Learn Small, Learn Fast, and Find the Hidden Path to Happiness by Robert Twigger is really great. I'm a, I'm a real fan of Robert Twigger's writing, and um, I didn't actually realise that he'd written this book. But, but Rachel says this about it. Thinking often makes me sad, but doing less so. Oh, hold on, a spark's just come out of the fire. I don't know where that went. Um, if you hear me running... Um, that'll be because the room's gone up in flames. Sorry, um, she, Rachel says, thinking often makes me sad, but doing less so. Micromastery shows how much richer our life can be when we multiply the number of small, quickly learnt things we can become expert at. My top pick from the 39 Micromasteries on offer was the best way to cook an omelette. And on my list are how to machine sew a buttonhole, tell the time in check, or use a power drill confidently. I like the detail Twigger goes into. He describes structures and rules for developing micro-masteries. You start with an entry trick, a shortcut to the basics. Then you need to overcome the, in inverted commas, rub-pat barrier, that tricky stage where the different skills you need can appear to conflict with each other. Then there's a personal payoff, 
or something you can perform and show off to others. Swigger emphasises the need to follow the fun in learning. We're absorbed in the flow and my, and my anxiety vanishes. And oh, by the way, that omelette tastes fabulous. I think that sounds like a, like a great book and um, I'm going to order that. I, I'm very interested in the concept of flow, which is um, the really essentially one of the things that I think is the best cure for stress and anxiety. Because if you're doing something that really engages you, then it's impossible to think about other things. And in many ways, this is why we have introduced craft in such a big way to the good life experience, because I think that if we can introduce people to the joys of making things, then their life will be a lot better, certainly mentally for them. Rachel also has enjoyed learning how to box, and she says the best bit is after the session when you find yourself spontaneously muttering, sting like a bee or float like a butterfly in the queue for a coffee or at your desk. She also says that Catherine Blythe's On Time, finding your place in a world addicted to fast is absolutely wonderful. Rachel says, halfway through, and I felt reassured when reading this book, which manages to be thoughtful and witty at the same time. I'm not going crazy. Time really has sped up. Blythe is a witty, articulate, intelligent writer who explains why we're all forever in a rush and what we can do about it. Key learning for me was time slows down when we're doing things differently. If we're endlessly on repeat, our minds get lazy and we cease to notice. Go to a different cafe, meet different people, travel to different places and time will slow down. And you'll feel younger too. My life this year has been far more varied and it reminds me of being a teenager again. Well, nearly. And then she has two other recommendations. She says, discovering that you can order a Spanish Cortado style coffee in Cafe Nero. Um, espresso based, this has a bit more coffee and a little less milk. Makes me think I'm on holiday on the Costa Brava. And then finally, and very kindly, she says, the almond croissant in the Peddler's Cafe. Yum. So thank you very much to Rachel for those. My final recommender of this year's best of 2017, certainly for this edition one of my Christmas podcast special, is Nigel House, one of the owners of Rough Trade Records. The reason that we have our peddler's shop next door to Rough Trade is that it used to be part of Rough Trade. And I said to Nigel many years ago that if it ever became available, I'd like to take it on. Really, just because I wanted to be close to Rough Trade, I suspect. So it perhaps wasn't done for the cleverest of reasons, but there you go. Anyway, Nigel says, and I really agree with this, that I think this has been another great year for music. Nigel's favorites are Aldous Harding, the album Party. The album title is ironic, and you have to see her play live to understand it, he says. It's totally mesmeric and incredibly intense. There's more than a touch of Kate Bush or Joanna Newsom. And the best track on that album, if you want to start somewhere, he thinks is Horizon. His other favorite is Coulter Wall, who's only 22, but sounds like Johnny Cash at 55. Classic sounding songs about murder, trains, death. It's absolutely perfect. And the best track on that, or a good place to start, is Kate McCannon. Nigel's favorite event this year, and I know a lot of my friends share this, is seeing Nick Cave. A lot of people who went to the O2 to see Nick Cave, which I thought would never work, 
absolutely loved it. But Nigel was lucky enough to see him at the King's Theatre in Brooklyn. He says, I saw the birthday party lots of times and I've seen him play more times than anyone else. But this was the best I've ever seen him and in an amazing venue. Very lucky. And that was closely followed by Ryan Adams live at Rough Trade East. He played for well over an hour and he was at his best. And that's now available on a very limited LP. Actually, when I was downloading my CDs into my Brennan that I was talking about earlier, I, I realised quite how many Ryan Adams albums not only I had, but how many I liked. Sometimes I just lose touch with his prodigious output. But um, the albums that I love are ones that stay very close to me. I think Gold is probably still my favourite, or Love is Hell, but I'm sure you'll have yours. Nigel's idea for 2018, I think, is an interesting one. And he says, I'd like to see new bands eschewing the internet, at least partially, so they can build some mystique and excitement. Too many things are too easy to just find and tick off. Make it more difficult in order to help to build some loyalty or longevity. I think that's interesting. His favourite book was John Dos Passos, USA. He says, it's a trilogy just out as three separate volumes, and it's still exciting and relevant today. And his favourite music book was Stuart Cosgrove's Memphis 68, The Tragedy of Southern Soul. Great read from a really good writer. And finally, Nigel says, The Rise of Wolverhampton Wanderers. Will we still be able to bring in so many foreign players post-Brexit, he asks. And I have no idea. I suspect that my guest on a previous podcast, Nick Clegg, would have something to say about that. But I'm not sure that football is particularly high on his list. So that's it for my recommenders. I'm not even sure that's really a word, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, just finally from me, a few other albums that I've loved. I loved The Nationals' most recent album. Uh, it's not their most accessible and easiest, but it is great. And the new LCD album, LCD Sound System, is highly recommended. Also, and I mentioned this in one of my previous podcasts, and I know you're going to think I'm mad, but it was reissued this year. Um, George Michael's Listen Without Prejudice is just an extraordinary album. It's incredibly unfashionable and people look at me as if I'm completely bonkers when I say it's brilliant. But if you like really classy, classic pop music, I just don't think you can get better than that. Anyway, uh, with that, I will sign off and I will say thank you very, very much to those people for making contributions to this. And thank you so much to you for listening. As I said before, I think, I really am doing this just because I like doing it. it. It's good for me. It's a real, really engaging hobby. I challenge myself to be good and to talk to interesting people and to do my research and to try and do the best. And so as a hobby, I didn't really set out with any expectations as to who would listen to it and who would like it. But Tens of thousands of you have listened to it and, and that's just incredibly gratifying and heartening and I will carry on doing it for as long as it interests me and it does really interest me and nonetheless I'm incredibly grateful to you for listening and so grateful to all of you who have made lovely, warm, kind, generous comments this year and supported me in this venture and so all I will say is thank you and have a very, very happy Christmas and a wonderful new year. I'll be back in the new year with more Mavericks podcasts. And finally, thank you very much to my friend, Jim Friend, who I met this year. 
and who edits these for me beautifully and patiently um, and has done so since the beginning. And thank you to him. Thank you to you. Happy Christmas. Okay, that's enough from me. The night is drawing in. The fire is still crackling. The red wine is about to be emptied. And I wish you all the best. Thanks. Bye. Bye.